Welcome back to part three of this four-part conversation on how to take charge of your personal finances and win. Now, we're trying to do this in sequential fashion. So this particular episode is going to jump right into it after you've had your, you know, you've laid out your budget or you've been able to track your expenses rather for about three to four months. Now we get into how to lay out that budget. How do you set money aside for an emergency fund, tax planning, managing debt? Yes, if you are somebody who likes to buy things on EMI, we're going to talk to you very specially. But hear us out on it entirely. Don't don't shut us out yet. And uh, insurance, that's another big one. People don't know what kind of insurances to pick up. Uh, Just because the word is, just because insurance is in a sentence doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing. And uh, we also talk about something called a sinking fund. I refer to the sinking fund as a QHA fund in my world, which is a quarterly, half yearly and annual fund. And as the name suggests, it's money you set aside for those expenses which come around at that frequency. So a very practical episode, lots of notes for you to take. So grab a pen, a book or however you take notes and enjoy this third part of this conversation on how to take charge of your personal finances and win. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you've got, let's assume right now, you've been able to track it for six months, you've got an idea, you've got a number in your mind, you say uh, 100,000 rupees, 1 lakh rupees is what I need to live. If you're a family of four or five and you, you live in uh, modest 2 BHK accommodation, whatever jazz, I need this much to live comfortably right. in a month, provide for the kids, all that. Once you've established all those things... Where would someone go from there? One of the first things I thought of was the emergency fund. Right. And I, I mean, like, come back. It's sort of a debate between, I mean, it, it's in India, this is the debate. And I would say, at least for me, it's a choice between an emergency fund and uh, tax planning. Because, ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was important to note that. I mean, before, and we don't even have to jump into the details, but good tax planning and that means you know setting aside some money to the limits that are allowed by the government towards let's let's pause there let's pause there let's backtrack why why tax planning even i think you need to explain how our tax system is working i mean without getting into details but like basically you have to jump into that but i would say that let me do it let me do it it because i know you will get technical (laughs) look people the government wants your damn money okay and they are going to do anything and everything to get your money. Now, this is not true of just our country. It's true of any country in the world. Now, in some countries, though, you get to see that tax uh, money that you're paying the government come back to you. In our case, I pay the government and my road is still shit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in, I mean, yes. in such a scenario, right, when you take the income you make, a certain portion of it is going to go to the government. But the government themselves gives you a, give you a way out by which you don't mm. have to pay them as much, where you can take exactly. your money and instead of paying them that amount, you can invest that. And so the well, amount... that's not up, completely true. Not actually. completely true. In, not some cases, <laughs> in some places, you are actually investing with the government directly uh, because you know, some forms of those tax-saving investments do go directly to them. I mean, I'm going to dumb it down like, to, to really simple right. terms. That essentially, the same thing. government... Yeah, I mean, the same government that's trying to... Uh, you know, uh, charge you income tax is also giving you legal ways to reduce the amount of tax that you pay. And why this debate between emergency fund and income is because if you plan it the right way, you can essentially take home more money, which is your net pay, which is, you know, after your taxes and your uh, 
all this uh, yeah. PPF, PPF kind of stuff, you know, what the companies deduct and all of that stuff. So yeah. the point is that if you can manage to basically take home more by planning it well, then it just brings you back to the fact that, oh, I can also save towards an emergency fund at a Let's faster pace. Let's put it pace. in numbers. Let's put it in numbers. So originally I'm making, I'm making a hundred thousand rupees and my tax, what I was giving the government. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't hear you say one hundred thousand rupees, man. I'm an Indian, so I hear one lakh. One lakh. One lakh. <laughs> so one lakh I'm just, rupees. I'm just, saying it, I'm just saying it for the benefit of those who sit in other countries as well. Right. So well, if got, them, then hundred thousand rupees would be about fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> which is, which is also true. So without converting it, just looking at it in terms of ones and zeros, uh, so if you if you were making hundred thousand rupees and the government said I want twenty five thousand of that, now if you want to yeah. pay me less, you can actually take a portion of your income and you can put right. it elsewhere. Think of it this way: the advantage in that moment is you can take this money, put it elsewhere. You will still get that money back. So instead right. of paying, in, so you instead of it originally being I have seventy five thousand left over after I have paid twenty five thousand to the government. Now, what right. you're saying is, okay, I will give 10,000 out of my 100,000 to the government. The government says, okay, if you're going to give me 10,000, you don't have to pay me 25,000 now. You just need to pay me 20,000. Now, yes, granted, right. there's an extra 5,000. It sounds like, oh, no, but I've still given extra 5,000. But remember, that 10,000 is entirely still yours, depending on where you invest. Like yeah. said, yeah. there are places where the government also does uh, co-invest with you and maybe they get a cut of that but I'm not considering that scenario just for the lack of right I mean I would it. say the another way to look at it is that suppose you're just making let's let's say you're making uh like one lakh a year forget a month yeah. but by putting aside that 20 or let's say the example is 25 here if the government is allowing you to put 25 aside in certain places where you can reduce your tax then even though you're earning a lakh, you're actually paying tax only on 75 after reducing the 25,000. So which is a win-win because not only are you saving tax, but you're also getting to put that as an investment, which is actually making more money for you. Yeah. So in yeah. no scenario, is this a lose-lose or a win-lose? This is completely a win-win. Yeah. So if you can, uh, I mean, afford it, and if, you, if it is under, uh, you know, your bandwidth to set aside money for these tax saving things, because most of these tax saving things, depending on where you put it, uh, can sometimes have a lock-in. And that's the biggest aspect of these tax saving is that there is a lock-in. Like the smallest is three years, the longest is 15 years. When you so say lock-in, lock again, because it's a term, uh, when we say lock-in, we mean you put this you, money away. You can't touch it. That's what you mean. You can't, yeah, you can't take it out. You can't, you can always put more, uh, but you can't touch it for that specific amount of time, which means it's staying and it's being invested, but only once that period is over, can you take it out or do something else with it? And I've noticed for those who don't have discipline, putting your money away in, in, in instruments or buckets where, uh, you know, or like Sid said, in assets where they have these lock-in periods, the best way to do it. Like, even if you yeah. want that money, you can't touch it. Yeah. And for some people, that is really the beginning of investments. I mean, uh, before they even it think it of this. It is for me, at least. Yeah. Like, and I know it's for you because that's how, that's how we planned it for you. And it's important because, uh, okay, before we get into the details of the tax saving, I do want to touch on the other side, which is your emergency fund, which is C. Yeah, now yeah. that you have, we have spoken about three to six months of 
you know, tracking your expenses, the, the emergency fund is entirely focused on what you need. So it is basically uh, equation. Yeah, is an equation based on expenses, not income. So you could be earning one lakh, but if you're spending only 75,000 a month, and this you basically find out and 75,000 is your fixed expenses. It includes your rent, it includes your utilities, it includes any kind of payments you cannot uh, stop or cancel. So if you are only spending 75,000 on those fixed expenses, then you just multiply that 75 in, uh, by six times because that's six months and you have your emergency fund. So 75 basically into six is about 3.75 ah, lakhs. You're saying an emergency fund is something we need for emergencies. In times of emergencies, an emergency can be defined as anything from a medical crisis all the way through to a loss of job and whatever that might be yes and in such a scenario say that how there do has to be a very important emphasis on your definition of emergency so that hey you don't think that hey I, the new iphones come out and i need to get that that's an emergency, an emergency. So I pull my money out I, I need it right now <laughs> so i mean it's it's something like you said you, if you lose your job or if it's a medical expense that comes beyond the what your insurance can cover or if it's or if you don't uh, have an em emergency flight that you need to take yeah or if you don't have insurance uh, or you know if something that basically absolutely cannot come out of your income uh, because obviously you were setting aside that for your regular stuff and yeah if they're doing a six month period because you know that seems comfortable you can always go for a larger amount yeah if it's I, I, I know your different financial planners recommend different terms uh, some recommend six months some recommend three even actually some may go as low as three uh, but I mm. think what Sid is saying is actually really comfortable. But when you're at the beginning of this entire journey, uh, you know, I'll tell you how I did it. I think in the interest of full disclosure, I actually first got the tax part of it sorted because I recognized very quickly after my conversations with Sid that, oh, I need to actually ensure that I'm getting as much money per month. Uh, because how this is done is, you know, the tax calculation is done is not at the end of the year. If you declare or you say, this is how I intend to invest over the course of the year, uh, which is an investment declaration, your company or whatever organization you work for, they actually calculate your salary based off that and they actually give you. And so in some cases, right. instead of getting just the, instead of getting just the 75,000 that's owed to you, you might get 85,000. Uh, I just want to point out that, I mean, the investment declaration is super important because it made the beginning of the year for a reason that, you know, you get more on a monthly basis, but right. the investment declaration also includes the rent that you pay. I mean, that is so important to note that because uh, under the Indian laws, I mean, you can claim a certain amount of uh, rent that you pay as a tax deduction. A yeah. lot of people don't realize this and then they don't declare it and they actually pay more tax than they need to. And I mean, the flip side of declaring at the beginning of the year is that you don't declare it and you basically file your returns the next year and yeah. you claim a huge amount as refund because you've paid more tax than you should. But I would agree with your uh, idea where you declare it at the beginning so that you get home you get more on per a monthly month. basis. Yeah. And, and is more important. Yeah. And that, and that more per month is what then works towards the other parts that we were talking about, which is, oh yeah, I can take that extra 10,000 and put it in an emergency fund. I can start building right. an emergency fund. So to, to the point I was going to make earlier, which is once I had this tax planning part of it out of the way, I, I, I actually put away money for one month. I didn't put away mm. money for three or six because it brings me to my next point. I also had debt to clear. Uh, so for me, my emergency fund, it was more important for me to clear my debt first, but at the same time, I do need money for an emergency. 
that's also true. So I said, okay, I'm just going to have up to one month's worth of money. And maybe actually we could just to make people a little more comfortable. I'm comfortable with one month, but I think maybe for people's personal peace of mind, maybe you could say, I, okay, let me get two months worth of expenses. So it's that 75,000 multiplied by two, 150,000, 150,000 rupees. You say, that's how much I'm going to keep in emergency. In emergency, it's not to be touched. It's only for emergency. And when Sid was talking about emergency flight, it's not, I need a holiday today. It's my grandmother died. Somebody is dead. Exactly. Or I'm eloping from my wife. She's got an axe to my head or some <laughs> jazz. I, it has to be legitimate emergency, right? So right. that's money you put away. You don't touch, but you determine what your emergency fund looks like. Uh, if you have no debt, then like Sid said, you can say six months worth of my expenses and you have data to prove. Yeah. Your and I think that's an important point that you bring up. And I, I do subscribe to Dave Ramsey's uh, thought on this. Yeah, that I got that from do Dave not put, Do not put anything in an emergency fund, not do any tax planning until you clear your debt. So if you owe well, money to people, well, or if well, you please, owe... Please, no, please. I mean, I know, I know you can... Dis- I know, I know. No, no, you need to no, do I would, See, because how I'm paying my debt off... No, but I know. Let me, but let me complete because I would say this is not dependent on your financial thing, but this is more to do with your mental health. Because uh, having money owed to whoever it is, it could be a family member, it could be a corporate, it could be a bank, but having that on your head can take a toll on a lot of people. So if we are talking about having a journey where you're feeling uh, good about the decisions that you're making about money, and I know it, this is, that might not necessarily be a realistic situation for everyone, but I would say as much as possible, clear your debts first and then move on to places where you're putting money aside for yourself for the future. And and, okay. and I know you will disagree with me on certain points here, no, but no, no, I, I, I'm just coming I, from I the perspective of that. having that... I don't know. No. Let, yeah. me, let me just jump in there. I don't disagree with that at all. I think I was just disagreeing with the measures. Uh, and what I mean by the measures is like, I would not wait to do, uh, and I think this is the point you were exactly making, right? Right now. And this is, this is where I subscribe to what you're saying. I would not build up the six month emergency fund and then look at my debt. Because I would, then you just use your emergency fund. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, the whole thing is just going to go there, right? I mean, I, and exactly. who knows who my debt is owed to? See, if it's a family member who's understanding, they'll be like, no, take your time, pay me back whenever. If it's a bank right. with a credit card loan or whatever whatever it is, a credit card uh, with, payment with interest, or loan, so, yeah. that's going to keep, they're going to just add on more and more to your uh, to your yeah. dues, yeah. right? So I think over there, I'm completely with you. The, the place where I was, uh, you know, trying to make a case for tax planning was to say that sometimes when we plan our tax, because we get that extra 10,000 we were talking about from 75,000, now it's 85,000. That mm-hmm. extra 10,000 can go towards paying debt, even if you don't want to. But at the same time, you can't be in a position where you don't have a base minimum emergency fund. This is right. Dave. Right. I agree with that. I think for those who are uninitiated, Dave Ramsey is a financial planner in the US. Not everyone you know, agrees with his philosophy or way of doing things because like he says, He's learned to do this as God's and God's and grandma's ways of handling money. That's how he calls it. Uh, but he's very simple. And I like simple, especially in an area which can get very complicated, which is money. Um, and this is how he looks at it. He says a base minimum emergency fund of $1,000, which is actually yes. about roughly about 1.5 lakhs. 
um no 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 thousand dollars what 75 grand oh sorry yeah yeah so what i did sorry my bad my bad it was 75 grand i found 75 grand too small an amount so i kept 1.5 lakhs as my emergency if the rich guy too small an amount <laughs> please man if an emergency happens i don't want to be i don't want to be like well here's the money but here's the noose around my neck too i don't want that right i just i just thought it would be good to have two months um and i had the luxury so the debts i have are things i owe uh, family I mean, like family members who told me take your time with it even if you never pay us we don't care so clearly right. it was it was things they gave me as gifts which i don't want to keep so i'm saying no i want to pay you back so i call that a debt and so in right. such a scenario because i had that luxury i said i still need to get the taxes right so that i'm getting the most amount of money per month yeah. and because that money i'm already and again how am i getting the most amount of money per month i'm already investing so i've kind of jumped ahead a bit i'm also kind yeah. of investing which we'll come to uh but my here. but my base right here is i'm getting the most amount of money okay so now that i'm getting the most amount of money i need my emergency fund i've built that thing up now that's done now let me attack my debt that is how i structured it but to sid's point right. to sid's point uh are you saying that maybe we just be happy with the money we get ignore the tax planning and clear the debt first is that what you're saying yeah i mean i only came from the perspective that it's a lot of relief and it's a weight lifted off your shoulder when you do not owe anyone anything agreed with you and so sometimes i think it is important to set up a base amount and it could be uh, $1000 in us terms or you know if you're talking about uh, let's say let's start with something as small as 50 because sometimes that can be a huge amount of money of money for someone who requires uh, an emergency kind of a situation correct minus so, for a family of four minus for a exactly. family exactly so yeah. it would depend on everyone and some you have to make a decision about how much is going to be your emergency or at least your base amount depending on your uh, situation and how much you earn and all that so let's say you have like a base amount but then like you said you can sort of work parallelly towards clearing that debt and also you know building up certain amounts of emergency fund now i wouldn't completely say that it should always be like an equal balance hey, you put some here and the emergency fund you put some here to clear debt i would say the focus should be more on clearing your debt after yeah. you set up the base amount but eventually you should get to a point where you have cleared up the debt as much as possible because how you clear debt is that though. my question remains though what's the order is it i mean i have established how much it's not a, so is it is it do i focus on you know and this is from your view as a certified financial planner for indians right living in this economy how do you recommend it be done do you recommend it be done as look at the tax planning first then clear the debt then build the emergency fund or are you saying forget the tax planning whatever money you get clear the debt then we'll focus on your tax planning then we'll right. focus on you know i think it's not a it's it's not a formula thing because of you don't know how much the extent of debt can be now see you can come what if it's a lot a, what if it's a lot of debt i've got a student in the foreign i i went abroad for a couple of years and that's a loan i'm paying what 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 does that look like then? i mean if it's a loan and you basically already taken up the commitment i mean you'd rather pay it off in the time frame that you have given it i mean i would say in that situation where basically you are committed to paying a certain amount of money to the bank because you've taken a loan pay that off whenever you can i mean as on a monthly basis but if so that priority chance of, yes if you chance upon the situation where basically 
you have some lump sum that's like a huge chunk of money that comes in your way or you manage to save more in that month push it towards the debt i mean there is obviously logistical uh, requirements around that because even sometimes prepaying a loan can have charges believe it or not yeah. so sometimes they don't want you to pay back on uh, time so those are things to consider but i would say uh, there are different ways to do it i would say tax planning shouldn't come in the priority here between these three things i would say that let's focus on the emergency fund let's focus on clearing the debt and then because tax planning in a way is a form of investing so it's not just declaring hey this is how much i want to save ah, a year but this is saying this is how much i set aside so because okay, so you essentially tax planning so you look at tax planning as an investing thing so i think i mean yeah. i wish we had said this at the beginning we would have might saved ourselves like 15 minutes of a conversation <laughs> no because that's what i mean that's why i kept the tax planning as an investment thing as a separate discussion for later because there are so many ways of doing it which we will get to uh, but in all of those forms it is an investment you're putting yeah, aside right. your money in different places where you could earn more and hence that's part of a journey that should come after your emergency fund okay 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 that makes that makes a lot of sense okay i i see how you're doing it uh and that yeah okay so let's ignore everything i just said uh <laughs> i mean you know you don't have to ignore what you said because it's you can people can find ways to do it and like i said it's not a formula i mean if you can work around all those three things in a way that works for you sure go for it but at the end it should be towards a goal that you've set for yourself in correct. those three things correct and in my case that was and in my case that was like unique like i said it, it you know my scenario is a place where no one's expecting me to pay them back but i want to pay them back so at the same time i have a way of doing it which is okay i'm not focusing on my emergency fund right now i built like a base minimum but i'm in, and i'm also investing and oh by the way when i do my tax saving some of my investments <laughs> are actually towards these debts as well so i've already right. completed those investments i'm making i say hey i'm investing this amount on your behalf and i will mm-hmm. pay you this back so I, i've worked that out with my family right um Right. Okay, that that so that would make sense then. So now that we've gotten past that uh and we've we've said okay let's clear your debt. We, so we've kind of jumped a little ahead also and we've we've attacked the topic of debt. Um mm-hmm. I mean I don't think we jumped ahead. I think that's a good point to discuss that before you jump into deciding how in, much you want to say. In my mind it was you. ahead. In my mind it was ahead but as per what you are saying it's it's actually this these steps. Yeah. I mean, I mean see it's I mean, I feel like some sometimes you are able to manage debt uh, while you do all three things at the same time. But yeah, if you want to, sometimes your aim should be just to just get rid of it as soon as possible. And I think uh, I, I don't know if this is jumping ahead, but sometimes I think you have to come to a conclusion that this is going to be your future in the sense that sure, education loan sometimes is important, uh, housing loan is important, but you don't need to do buy a phone on EMI. You don't need to buy a PS on EMI. You don't need to buy a Or even on your mind, you don't even need let's to. Let's talk about uh, that. Let's talk about that. I, I uh, again, like you said, I think this may come. This may tie back into our conversation about expenses. Sorry, on a very random note, is your nose not itching? I've touched my nose like four times now, and like you've not touched. I have consciously decided not to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm scratching my nose four times and I was like this guy this at this point my nose should be shining from all the sweat and the fatty acids on my nose so sure I'll take this chance to wipe it off you got facial hair like doesn't the nose at least doesn't your hair tickle your nose this is what I'm wondering no man I use the best uh, facial beauty products uh, I got everything going perfectly for me <laughs> got it cow dung working for you good job 
Okay, so we've got our emergency fund and we've got our debt clearing. But I think before we get into tax planning, so that we set. Uh, no, no, we were going to talk I mean, about debt. We were going to talk about debt. What you had just. Yes, but this is exactly. So, so to set a rule for debt is why we need to talk about not buying stuff on EMI, which is a really. And I think it also ties thing. back. This also ties back to our thing of establishing the baseline for what you define as a comfortable life. Because when you look at your data, you might see some really crazy expenses. over your last right. three to six months you'll be like i didn't need to buy you know a crazy expense like sid was saying can be an iphone but i also know a crazy expense can be a ridiculous life insurance policy like yeah, i don't absolutely. need i don't need uh, you know i don't need a health insurance policy or a life insurance policy that's worth so much uh, because it's it, i mean yeah it sounds nice but the entire concept of insurance for example is predicated on the fact that you die right uh, life insurance yeah. at least life insurance is predicated on the fact yeah. that you die and your loved ones and even money. more so because insurance is not an investment so you should be not putting exactly. more than required into it exactly so think of it like think of insurance and because we're talking about insurance think of insurance like the name suggests it's just insurance just in case but at the same time remember you are the money making machine you have the most potential to make the money so take that money and put it in things that would grow your money and you also continue to make more versus for right, an yeah. insurance plan that's predicated on your death <laughs> takes care of your family that just doesn't make sense right yeah and um, i think uh, people should just know that the reason why sometimes people end up paying that huge amount of insurance premium without knowing what the benefits are that the honest truth is that people who sell insurance make a lot of money from commissions i mean it's one of the highest commission making instruments out there and so people will try to sell it to you uh, which is why it's more important for you to find out prior that you know this is the insurance i want this is what how little i can pay for more of a benefit that is essentially how insurance should work i mean the insurance business works on the principle that most people are not going to cash out on what they are paying because it's uh, based on an event in the future that's uncertain or probably not going to happen in the case of life insurance which is basically <laughs> or a term insurance which is and, and there is a difference there i mean sometimes you know life insurance can become a lot too complicated but i would just you know in in this take this uh, time to just push for a term insurance which is basically just a pure risk cover which means if something happens to you or me like uh, we are protecting our families whether you're leaving a wife behind or your kids behind so you pay as little as possible on a yearly basis but when you die a huge chunk goes to them and that's all people should be focusing on so let's so let so because we're talking about insurance uh when we say insurance I, or maybe we should just come back to this but there is a difference between I life insurance we, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about emi then we have come to the insurance thing so let's let's probably go back to that <laughs> I made a note here to talk about the difference between life insurance and term life insurance because they're two different things. Uh, but yeah, so so coming back to what you had said about debt, right? Um, I think, and and because that connects to the measure of what we establish as our benchmark for a comfortable life, like Sid was saying, you know what, iPhone on an EMI not required. unnecessary amounts paid on insurance not required which is how oh, that's how we got here and uh, you know and and so on and so forth so you've got to be able to realistically establish a measure and then mm-hmm. when we're talking about debt to what to sit's point uh, live within that don't put yourself willingly in any sort of position of debt exactly i mean the objective of 
removing debt from your life is not just to do it for the time thing it's also to ensure that you don't get back there in the future yeah. and which is why i wanted to talk about this whole conversation of i mean it's such a common thing right i mean most people if you have to buy a phone they always buy it on emi and you know i i would say there are exceptions to the rule where sometimes a necessity needs to be bought and a phone can be necessary for a person who whose livelihood depends on it my bell just rang this one second do not make any comments on how big that package was i was not even going to comment i mean a package joke would be as be a little too little too much little too much for this podcast right so just coming back to the conversation about i mean it being a necessity sometimes to take an emi see for example i mentioned phone it might be required for your livelihood sometimes even a car because sometimes having a family of four or having a job that requires you to travel often might require a car and i would say in those exceptions it's okay but for people who have been in the debt trap before and people who can now in the future afford to not get there i would say that if you want a phone that costs a lot if you want a car uh, that costs obviously a big amount have a sinking fund and when i say a sinking fund uh, it doesn't sound as depressing as it is it's just basically putting aside money until you actually reach the overall required goal so if you want to spend 5 lakhs on a car you take however long you need to reach 5 lakhs by setting aside money on a monthly basis or whenever you have it and then when you reach the amount you pay for the entire car in cash or you pay for the entire phone in cash or you pay for whatever gadget or requirement that you have because it's much better paying off in cash because a lot of times i mean there are charges involved in paying on a monthly basis which means you are at the end of it now if you buy a car which is a depreciating asset which means that you it loses value literally from the moment you buy it and you take 5 years to pay it off by the time you've paid it off the car has no value at all so why so would you want to pay no more value at all meaning you won't be even if you sold the car you would sell it off for much less so you paid more for the car so you paid more the for car. the car than you should have and then you sold it for much lesser because less it took you that long yeah yeah okay that makes that makes sense okay but so you can apply the principle to i would say anything that these days we focus on basically an emi thing which is you know how most people sell it i mean if you go to amazon or flipkart the first offer that you see is saying that hey uh 6 months option 12 months option this is how little you can pay but you That's can right. still have the product that costs you what 80 grand you know so it's it's a mentality that people take a while to get out of but and 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 i want and i want and i want to highlight that the fact that you said it's a mentality that takes time to get out of uh i know for a fact for me that took me time uh you know yeah. to even just to even just reach a place where like the simplest example is i was living in a bigger flat just one year ago um and now and we knew we had a, a fourth member of the family coming along my daughter and we made this decision to say no we're going to move into a smaller place uh, now why did we not because we absolutely had to but i knew it was just a wise thing to do it would give me a little more income to take that money and put it towards whatever it is i need to pay off whether it was debt or whether i wanted to put it towards something that was more meaningful which is future investment whatever but to sid's point of a sinking fund that is also something for which uh these short these choices that i've made it contributes to so for example what sid calls a sinking fund in my world is what i call a qha which is quarterly half yearly and annually fund i call it a qha fund Right? right and we have a qha fund 
for once a year expenses, expenses that come around every three months, or expenses that come around every half year. And again, it's also it's a very fluid fund that we have. So in a sense, we actually have a a, a backup emergency fund, if that even makes sense. Right. That we know once a year we're going to have to pay on our car uh, insurance. We know once a year we're going to have to pay on the. And when we were living in that previous the previous place, every three months we would have had to pay a maintenance fee. So mm-hmm. we would save up from our monthly amounts towards those fixed expenses as well as those erratic expenses we knew would come, like maybe a medical bill that was right. going to be. So we had factored a base amount of let's say we. We need to keep fifty thousand aside for medical expenses in a year, unforeseen. Right. And if we don't use it, that money happily goes off elsewhere. It'll go into an investment somewhere. It won't go into a holiday. It'll go into another investment somewhere. Whew, we covered a lot of ground today. I hope you got value out of that. Remember, if you have any further questions, or if you have comments, or if you, even if you have critical feedback, I'm open to that as well. You can reach out to me on social media. Critical feedback, please try to DM me about that stuff. I don't know if I want everyone to hear how bad the episode was. That's only if you have any sort of reservations or critical feedback. But otherwise, if you have something nice to say, would love for you to blast that in front of ten other people so that more people listen to this podcast and get. value out of it remember these are lessons that no one taught me i had to learn this very late in life um, so this is to benefit someone else who is starting out their journey with regards to their finances and so please do share this on social media or hit me up with your comments on social media at able matthews entertainment i'm available on facebook instagram linkedin on twitter it's able matthews e n t m and also do share the podcast on it's available on spotify apple podcast google podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts stick around episode 4 is also going to come your way sorry part 4 of this episode is also going to come your way but until the next one i hope you are able to take charge of your personal finances and win